Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your number one Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Uh, if you are listening to this, we very much appreciate, appreciate it. Uh, all you got to do is hit the subscribe button in yeah. case you're wondering uh, how that gets done. We very much like to... Uh, uh, if you can uh, rate and review, but even more so sharing the podcast, we're into the season. We'd want to get it out to more listeners. So any help you can give us, it's great. And uh, numbers have been way up. By yes. The way. I yes. mean, we life football helps. Somehow we managed to gain a ton of listeners in the off season and it really started peaking into the start of this season. So that leads you into the first thing that I was going to bring up, uh, new listeners that we picked yeah. up, uh, this weekend. Um, Several people at my tailgate that I didn't even know listened came up to me. Oh, cool. Comments. So oh, was, nice. That was cool. Um, right. And then I'd like to give a special shout out to my parents who are listeners to oh. the podcast. Um, so while I was down there. I had to uh, uh, help out with the technology a little bit. Um, um, older people are. Sure. Yeah. Content- to pull, grab their phone. Right. Pull up the podcast. Hit subscribe. So got yeah. that all figured out. Now, I'll give them credit. They uh, were already subscribed to the podcast. OK. But they were having issues connecting to my dad's speakers so they can listen okay. to it as they're driving around going to different uh, grandkids activities. OK. Uh, so what we figured out is we could get my mom's hooked up, her phone hooked up to my dad's uh, vehicle and speakers. Uh, dad's phone. An older model. Ah, one of those. Does, does Is there like a flip portion of it? Well, we didn't know if it was more the Bluetooth capabilities or it could have been a bad carburetor. Okay. Uh, maybe okay. some spark plugs okay. that needed to get hooked inside the phone. But anyways, we figured out that wasn't an option, but now mom's is good to go. So now they can listen to the to, to their son's voice coming through their speaker. I'm happy for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, on the flip side, none of my friends and family members want to listen to me talk. <laughs> I, I I've tried and they just they're not. I interested. blame the Illinoisness of it of it all. Maybe yeah yeah. Um, another thing to bring up. Obviously, we're gonna get into the game. We're gonna have plenty of stats and fun things for you. But uh, something else I just figured I'd share is I was in California this yeah. week for for work. Must uh, have met some interesting folks out yes, there. Yes yes. There you go. So uh, good training you know session. But in between <laughs> you know training sessions, dinners, you know they shuffle you around and stuff like that. You get to know the people. Almost everybody was on was from the left coast. Um, I was the only Midwest person really? that was okay. in the yeah, group. So um, one of the first guys I met was. Uh, Did from... they look down on you? Did everyone? Yes, of course. Oh, Midwesterner. I... What temperature is it there? I flew over Minnesota once. <laughs> yes, you yeah. nailed it. Yeah. So first first guy I met um, from Oregon now lives in Vegas. Nice guy. Don't get me wrong. As I. Semi trash him now, but <laughs> so I said, Hey, are you a Ducks fan? You know, you started a college football conversation, right? Okay. I mean, this was literally, you know, the week before football season starts. Yeah, 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 I'm a Duck fan. So I go, Nice, man, you guys got a big week one opponent. So, like, yeah, we're playing, or- we're playing Auburn. Like, yeah, no, I, I know that's, I was, that's why I brought that. it up. Yeah. So then I dropped some Oregon knowledge. I'd listened to a national podcast on the, flight out i was in an airport or a uh, plane for 12 hours on monday oh it lord was, it was horrible but anyways so i listened to a national podcast learning a lot of stuff uh you know they talk about the oregon auburn game so somebody's breaking down oregon and i sure. said to him i'm like yeah i mean everybody knows the 
offensive line, big offensive line should be, you know, handle itself pretty good versus Auburn. Uh, actually, I, I think your guys' defensive line, a little bit bigger than what people, you know, understand should be, you know, in pretty good shape versus Auburn. So I'm, I'm dropping some knowledge here, yeah. you know. Thinking that he would engage you. Right, engage. He's just kind of looking at me and then. Uh, Do you think he even knew that I, about I don't his think team? so. That, okay. was my, that was my general thing. Like he was learning about his okay. his loved Oregon Ducks from me. So I, I imagine he's just silent thing. at this point. Kind just, of. Just, just kind barely of any, yeah, looking, looking around, right. absorbing. Okay, yep. I'm with you. And then, uh, um, then I said, you know, Justin Herbert, I had big arm, but I think I need to see more out of him before I think he's a number one draft pick. Immediately gets defensive and gets mad at me. How dare you not think our quarterback is the number one draft pick? <laughs> That's it. What is like, wrong with you, Minnesota? Four, four straight positives, one semi-negative, and he got defensive. So I immediately thought of uh, Ron Burgundy when he jumps down into the bear pit, and he's like, okay. Not sure, I immediately, that immediately regret this decision. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That, that was how I felt once I was sure, into that. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, and then there was another Oregon fan. And I, and I guess I don't mean to pick on Oregon fans. but Oh, that's okay. And I he talked about the Oregon-Auburn game. And he's like, oh, on paper, we should kill these guys. I'm like, hmm. Auburn's favored by, like, four points? He's yeah. like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm like well, Auburn's favored. And I don't know much game. about Auburn, but I know they have a, a hell of a defensive line. Right. Which was pretty much the game. That was yeah. a... That one ticked me off for how the weekend went. But actually, and that kind of plays into another fun development was okay. kind of just how mediocre the SEC looked. Yeah, they looked pretty me- mediocre. But th- at the same time, Big Ten had their stumbles. Not as many. Maybe not, not as, as many. Not, but not, not, not as embarrassing. I no, mean, not as embarrassing, probably. Not at all. So, Which just you know leads into, I, I firmly believe every conference has a top team at the top. Some well, okay to pretty good teams in the middle and some subpar to bad teams on the bottom. I, mean, I was listening to Barrett Salee on Sirius XM radio yesterday. By the way, that channel was virtually unlistenable. I, 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 he had like 30 seconds of good content. Every caller called in to talk about oh, our conference is better than your conference. Yes. How is this interesting Week radio? Week one. Week one. Week one. And it, that's all they talked about all day. But Barrett made a great point. And he's a, he's a Southern guy. He's yeah. kind of a Southern homer. Yeah, he's a homer. But he was basically saying, look, the only thing better about the SEC is that they have two elite teams instead of one. Yep. He, that he, is the he, only thing that separates them from any other conference. You take you go below those two teams, they're just like every other conference. And I, was, I was proud of him for, for saying that. because he's. I think that's good. Um, I think it's still giving a little bit of too, much, too credit much credit to, to Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, but I, but I, it's not a ridiculous argument. I, 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 I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But I mostly follow Joel Klatt because he's the one that Klatt's is good. Afraid. Yeah, <laughs> he's not afraid of. I like Klatt. Up. Yeah. All right, let's kick it off with the weekly Eisman watch. Love it. Right. So the Eisman, of course, best player of the week. We do an Eisman award at the end of the year. From awarded by the Downstairs Athletic Club. I hear there's another award out there that that's similar to ours. Not as cool. Must be a knockoff. So All what right. we and Kurt is the the maker of the Eisman list. I'm the lord. I have lordship over the Eisman. Yes. yes. So I that choose the, the candidates, but you also you we confirm. Yes, we, we confirm. together confirm who we think it is. So you may be thinking, well, Jonathan Taylor. Had a great week. Just give it to Jonathan Taylor. He's you know, probably the best offensive player in the conference, right? 
Isaiah Pacheco, man, four touchdowns. Great week there. Kind of saved uh, saved the Scarlet Knights from embarrassing, embarrassment. Justin Fields, great debut. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We are awarding the week one Eisman to the Michigan State defense. Yes. The entire defense. All of them. Everyone that saw time on the field, coaches, their families, their friends, they're all getting the Eisman Award for week one. Negative 73 rush yards. We knew that they were going to be good. Negative 73. Have you ever even heard? I mean, I tweeted out, has a team ever wrapped up the number one ranking against the rush in week one? Because you, you've set this so low. <laughs> and mean, let's, they, only, they gave up less than 1,000 yards rushing last year on the whole year. And they basically returned their entire front seven. I think they lost one guy, but then the guy filling in has a ton of experience. Negative 73. I don't think I've ever heard of a number that big in the negative. Have you? I, 80 not, total not yards. Not outside of video games, no. 80 total yards on the day, three turnovers. It's just ridiculous. I mean, in Tech Mobile, you could do this move with the nose tackle where if you slid him and then dove right away, it would just wreck the play and it would be like a nine-yard loss every okay. time. That was basically what we saw yeah. on the TV screen. It was incredible. I expected this defense to be good, but this could be a monumentous defense by yes. the end of the year. Yes. Way to go, Sparty D. Week one winner of the Eisman. All right, so go ahead and get into the games. Yeah. We got 14 of them to break down because we did not have uh, one Big Ten on Big Ten matchup in week one, so... We're going to do a little machine gun rapid fire. Apologies if we get through a couple games quicker than the others. We're going to be glossing over these a little bit. Yep. So that's kind of how it goes early in the season here. Um, so I guess the first thing we would bring up is that the Big Ten was 12 and 2 yep. in the opening week of the season. Um, I would, it, just on my rough estimate, um, there are two fan bases that are obviously very, very disappointed. I would say two more fan bases that. Our uh, skittish feeling yeah, fan base, right? Even in the win, and then ten other fan bases. I think that are pretty happy, pretty yeah. good about their I, life I, right I, now. I would agree Is that there. Yeah. Fair assessment. Okay, so we're doing these chronologically for the most part. Uh, we will save the Big Ten game of the week for last, just like we do in the previews. We'll get started right here. First game up, the Minnesota Golden Gophers twenty-eight, South Dakota State twenty-one. No line on this game, so. I uh, can't really say who covered or not. The Gophers with 308 yards of total offense to SDSU's 367. Yeah. What do we think here? Well, not a good showing by the Gophers overall. I, I think you and I kind of not, – I'm not saying we predicted the outcome of this game, but in our preview, we both said we don't feel great about either line for, for the Gophers, right? Yep. I think we saw that. It played out. Their offensive line I'm really concerned about. We had talked specifically about a certain uh, offensive line tackles that uh, feet looked like they were stuck in mud yeah. during pass pro. Whew, that was what we saw. To me, SDSU could basically do simple twists and stunts. Oh, it's amazing that, that they would do a stunt, and it was as if the Gophers had never seen it before. They couldn't react. They couldn't react, yeah. There was no communication. So those, to a poor. certain degree, are things that there that you can fix and improve on. But the other side of stuff, when they were rushing four, maybe five, meaning SDSU, yep. and just getting outside of the tackle box 
to get then towards the the quarterback. Yep. And I got to give Tanner Morgan some credit. Yep. I felt like with the pressure that was on him both, you know, from the from the SDSU defensive line and for the fact that you better make a play otherwise your team's going to lose yep. an embarrassing game. He looked good. He did not have very he was many solid. mistakes. I, I mean, not great, but just yeah, just he didn't just hurt solid. His team. Now, I I I thought that Minnesota would just keep running at him and kind of wear him down. And there was a couple times in the game where it seemed like they were kind of establishing the run, but they never totally did. No, and 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 they did not wear them down. I figured by the time they hit the fourth quarter, they'd be able to run it well. It just never happened. They got 132 <laughs> yards on 42 attempts. That's only oh. a 3.1. Average. They were trying to do exactly what you say. Yeah. I give the Gophers credit for trying to stick with the run. Yeah. But at some point, they just said, "We better start tossing it up mm-hmm. for Rashad Bateman." <laughs> and I think, I think they got to so get. Rash- and Rashad Bateman very easily could have been an, uh, I, I, weekly Eisman. Yeah, candidate. I almost mentioned him. Five uh, receptions, 132 yards. That one amazing, <clears throat> pardon me, one-handed juggling catch in the end zone. Uh, they were kind of keying on. Ty Johnson had just opened up Bateman. I think that's kind of foreshadowing for the season. I think you, you can't just take away one of those guys. The other one's just going to have a field day, right? Absolutely not, yeah. Um, Jabori Gibbs, what did you think about that quarterback for uh, SDSU? Uh, was he a true freshman or redshirt freshman? A redshirt freshman. freshman. He he looked like he'd been there for five years. I know. I mean, just Well, except for the couple mistakes. He made sure. a couple big yeah, mistakes. Yeah, the pick six. I mean, that was, that was forced. And the fumble. The yep. But... You take that as with a freshman when you're getting the, I mean, he he was just steel, man. He was made of steel. So he's from Chicago Phillips, okay. uh, which, yeah, head coach Troy McAllister. They've won two straight state champs. So I guess as a senior, he won a state championship. And that's a public school in Chicago, which that does not happen. For yeah. those that don't know, public schools do not win the state championship. They broke a streak of like, I don't know how many years, like 30 years really? or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Great program there. So it was impressive to watch him. If they had made a couple less mistakes, they would have won this game, right? I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I I didn't. I don't think there was one Gopher fan that I saw on Twitter or talked to in person that didn't freely admit that they got out coached and outplayed. Yeah, but in the end, they won the football game. That's what matters. Uh, PJ is correct in saying that they did find a way to win. That is a thing it that sure football is. teams yes. do is to find a way to win. Absolutely. Good teams do that. It with the, the fluckness, the bolt boy positiveness. <laughs> um, and, and I would say just to, so we'll move on now, but I would definitely say that in general, something that you can say about week one, and I know it's cliched to this point and everything, but like you really cannot put too much in to what week one looks like. I agree. There, there really is it, another cliche. Your team really does change and improve the yeah. much from, from week one to, one to week yes. two. Just because it's a cliche doesn't mean it's not true. There is a lot of truth in that. Well, and you've brought up seasons in the past, like an Iowa season where they, they dropped a game like this and yep. they went on to have a good season. Right. It, the so, season's not over. Right. It's just one game. By the way, I had a great tweet that got no play. Okay. So Jabori Gibbs, yeah. he had that, that costly fumble that basically it really cost them the game. Yeah. I mean, if they yep. hadn't done that, yep. they could have maybe won. And it turned all like all the energy flipped over to Minnesota instantly, and they scored right away. Yeah. And I said Gibbs just gave them free energy. Nothing. It the Gibbs free energy equation and throw dynamics. <laughs> Nobody. I Woodshed the one guy. Woodshed is the only guy that got it. Woodshed was the only one who got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm Can like you- this is gonna go. Everyone's gonna love this. 
Everyone's going to get this. Here, here, here's what I think. You are a huge nerd. <laughs> didn't think I'd get to use that on you, but I, I never thought I'd get to, to to use Gibbs free energy. It's the only time in my life I've used that. Maybe it'll be the last. Uh, probably. I guess I'm going to retire that. All right. So now we will move on to the Friday night games. There was four of them. Quite a bit for a Friday night. First up, we will go with we'll go with the splashiest one of them all. Wisconsin 49 USF zero. This was a, a 13 and a half point line. A little bit easy uh, cover for the Badgers. 433 yards yeah. of total offense to USF's 157. I, of course, said UCF on the preview podcast. Very upsetting. But long story short, the Badgers friggin' dominated yeah, USF. There's really not much to say about this game. It was just a good old-fashioned butt-kicking. I'll say I didn't expect this. I really didn't. I um, thought they'd struggle a little bit. I thought they'd win the game. I thought it'd be close to the line. I did not expect them to run away from the first frickin' whistle to the last. We're, we're, we're being honest in this podcast, right? Yeah. I, I did expect this. I don't know why. And, I really and don't know why. I, this was my biggest play of the week. Was it really? Yes. Um, hmm. It was a, it was an X's and O philosophy, how you want to say it, mismatch. This was this is not what USF wants okay. to go up against. Okay, a bunch of big boys pushing them around. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I mean, it was seven nothing quick. Jonathan Taylor put himself not that he wasn't already, but established put him at the forefront of the, the of the Heisman and the Heisman and the Heisman. More importantly, the Heisman. Yeah. Um, he he was amazing. They. Just got incredible. him involved in the passing game as much as the the rushing game. The receivers look good. Did Jack Cohn look like a a difference maker? No, but the, you know what he looked like a Wisconsin and quarterback. I was just going to say yeah. the same thing. And what did Wisconsin look like? Wisconsin. They were running the ball, using the passing game effectively when they needed to. The defense, the 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 Wisconsin linebacker machine that we talk about. Sure. It, well, it's a 3d printer now. It's a 3d. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It, it, it printed out some, the same ones that it we've did. seen. Yeah. Guys were flying everywhere. This, my dad's a Wisconsin fan. And I talked to him afterwards. He felt the same as me. He's like, I could not believe just how easy that game was. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was going to be that easy. I, I maybe had a rooting interest in Wisconsin covering the well, obviously. And a half as well as uh, the under, which is kind of a sure interesting little mix to take. What was the total? The the well, the total was 40, 49. The uh, uh, over was fifty seven and a half. Okay, they almost got there yeah, sure. by themselves. I was thinking something along the lines of like thirty eight to thirteen sure. is what I thought the actual score was going to be. But, anyways, huge start for the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, really, nothing went wrong here. And is it just as simple as finding a quarterback that's serviceable and that's not a total a hole and cancer in the locker room? Yeah, I think that'll do. That might that might that's, be it. That's ten wins. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights, 48, UMass 21. The Scarlet Knights with 548 yards of total offense. UMass only had 307. Um, so we both picked Rutgers to cover. They did. Now, with that being said. This looks scary early. <laughs> 14 to nothing. And then a little 21 to 7. 21 to 7. Yeah. Twitter was a blowing up. And I. We had made the joke. You know who was blowing up? Yeah. Chris Ash. Yes. Internally. Correct. Oh, crap. Because it's the same things that I mean, you talked about on the podcast during the Rutgers preview. I put this game down as the scariest. 
Yes, you did. The most, <laughs> right. the biggest, the biggest, and the and, and the, the curb stomp. and the curb stomp. Why? Because of all the things, all those emotions came out in this game. To which I said, "You can't do that." And I did it. But you did it anyway. And at twenty-one to seven, I was getting some action on Twitter and people texting me like, "Holy cow!" This is it. We had made the comment uh, at the tailgate, had, and they didn't. But had UMass continued on and won that game. Could could Chris Ash have been fired on Sunday? If UMass had won, I think yeah. He, okay. put, I mean, this is a really really bad UMass. Team. That's my point. You can't lose to this, and that's why I said in the preview they're not losing to UMass. And you said, well, maybe they will, but but, but they, yeah. I think I think that would have been. But justifiable. after that, after that, after yeah, uh, and they tw- but they didn't. They right. turned it around yeah, I know. and they and got now it we done. Got, so they they score forty one unanswered points at that point to win forty eight. The 21. You, you just look at the stat line, like 548 yards total to 307. Uh, in passing yards, 348 to 121. Rush yards were pretty even. They did have three turnovers, but other than that, McLean Carter, I think maybe yeah. they found a yeah, quarterback gotta, I was here. just going to say, that was that so, was kind of the headlining thing. He the threw day. three picks, but 21 to 31, 340. Pacheco had a huge day. I love the way they're using Raheem Blackshear. He's running the ball. He's catching the ball. Bo Melton. This is they've been expecting Bo Melton to be a big time receiver. He's finally coming into his own. Maybe we'll see what happens the rest of the year. But nice recovery by the Scarlet Knights. Huge recovery. They they just played awful at the beginning. McLean Carter can't throw three picks. My gosh, you no. think he would learn from his predecessor on oh. how destructive interceptions can be? Lord. But with that being said, I, I know it's only week one. Rutgers looks better than they did last year. They look especially better. on offense. And what did I tell you? Yep. This is what I said in yeah. the preview. They're yep. going to be better on offense. As called by the Eyes on Big Podcast, Big Kurt. Okay, next up, Michigan State 28, Tulsa 7. Didn't cover. Uh, the line was 23 and a half. Uh, definitely went under, which was a big play for a lot of people. The Spartans with 303 yards of total offense, which is pretty good, but Tulsa with 80. Oh. The pre-discussed negative uh, 73 yards of rushing, which is insane. Um, I, I I would say I felt like it was a better, much better looking version of quarterback Bryden working. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's in better shape than he was last year. That I really wish, I, I want to see more rushing out of the Sparty offense. Yes. I want to see a, a better rushing offense. But can we just add the negative 73 to their rushing total, maybe? <laughs> so instead of 108, they really had like 181 yards yeah. of, of rush offense. I don't because think that's you... almost how it works out. Um, there, it was a situation where I, I never had faith that not even Tulsa would move the ball. I, I you, you fully expected them to be in third and long Every single yeah. time they got the ball. Right. Um, and and they, they can't overcome that against Sparty D. No. Um, Not going to happen. But one thing I would say is about Tulsa, I felt their defense was good. It was Solid. a, yeah. it was a fast, uh, mm-hmm. uh, high-energy defense. Yeah. Point I'm trying to make is Michigan State did kind of motor down the field in the first the first drive yeah, with Lewerke being Lewerke. Tulsa's defense adjusted and clamped down yeah. after that. So I think there's p- positives to take out of that if I'm a Spartan fan, too, because I, I do think the offense looked better. I do yeah. think they were going against a pretty good defense. 
there's a lot of positives to bring out of that game if you're a Spartan fan. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want a little more scoring, but at the same time, you can't be upset about this. I mean, it's it's the D we expected to see, and Milwaukee looks better, so I, I would expect them to get yeah. a little better on offense. And long story short, if you went over and looked at all of the really good Michigan State seasons from the last eight Never years, had a, a great offense, right? Well, what I was going to say is, didn't each one of those years literally start out with a 28-7 yeah. win over Tulsa? Or a yeah, Tulsa? they it pretty much do. like this, right? They, yeah, really. And they turned out being just fine. Correct. All right, so that point, the Big Ten is uh, off to a 4-0 start, and then... <laughs> Purdue 31, Nevada 34. Purdue snagged defeat they sure did from the jaws of victory as i'm watching it i i couldn't i i didn't know how they lost it and then i rewatched it i still don't know how they lost that <laughs> uh purdue 519 yards yeah of total offense nevada 404 um i there are a lot there's a lot to pull out in this game i just want to say though first and foremost mm-hmm. i'm not a i'm not a purdue fan obviously but right. i'll tell you this much purdue was the they were the team. better team, no doubt. No doubt. That's why I say I just can't wrap my head around how they lost this freaking game. And let me start with this. So we know Jeff Brom is a good offensive mind. Great scheme, good play caller. Is he a good head coach? We don't really know yet. He's a good head coach. I know that. Well, I, then how does he because how does he I, lose this game? How does he lose Eastern Michigan you know, last year? How does he lose the Northwestern game is, last year? Those are all games that he should have won. I agree. Um, and then you can point to games on the other side of things. It's, it is funny because right after this game, suddenly, because this is how fast our world reacts now, suddenly for the first time, Jeff Brome was getting heat from the college football world right. on this game. Yeah. And it is the weirdest thing. I don't know how Jeff Brome does this with me. He turns me into a contrarian no matter what. If somebody is praising Jeff Brome, okay. I, I, I bring it down. If, if somebody's some, bagging on him, I, I kind of defend him because you do have to look at the fact of, oh my God, just how bad Purdue was when he took over. That program was in sure. the dumps, and and he is yeah. He, there is That's an good energy level and improvement around the football team. Uh, but with that being said, this brings him perfectly un- one game under 500 right. in his career at Purdue. With we're up to three or four losses that are just inexplicable. So he was just airing it out all game, right? We, they have to. That but, okay, and I know they do. But how many games can you win doing that? At the end, they were running quarterback draws. And yeah, design, with Sindelar. With Sindelar. Yes, and his big bulky I, I could, knee. It look. It, do, you, do you remember the the, the images of Joe Namath at the end of his sure, career yeah. trying to like run the? That's what Sindelar looked like by yeah. the end of that game when they had run him and he had and he had been sacked so much. And you don't want him to get injured. No. If he gets injured, this is going to be a, a horrible season for Purdue. I, I mean, they still might be able to sa- salvage a, a decent season. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of workshopping something, you tell me, if okay. you like it. But with Elijah Sindelar, there, mm-hmm. there's there's two versions. There's a little Jekyll and Hyde thing going okay. on with him, right? Yeah. So when he looks good, of course, it's Elijah Elijah Sindelating. Okay. But when he's sloppy with the ball, uh-huh. then he's Elijah Sindelard. Cindelard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Work. Yeah. We got both in this game. We did. Well, I think we usually do, don't we? We usually do. I mean, do. he's got a big arm. He can make all the throws, but he usually makes a couple really costly mistakes. And he did that. And he did. I mean, five turnovers for the Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah. 
And, yeah, I mean, and that's the game right five there. Five turnovers, and they still should have won the game. Yeah. Two drop punts yep. for the greatest wide receiver that's ever played the game. Correct. Rondell Moore. And Rondell Moore looked great. Can't believe we it, went it, this far without mentioning we, his that's, name. That's, again, we, we're breaking laws when we do that. So a couple positives, though. Oh, yeah. I think I know one of them you're going to hit. Well, the defensive ends, right? George the, the, Kalafkins. Kalafkins. Oh, my oh, Lord. And and I expected him to be good. I, I didn't expect him to be that no, good. not the that good. The only thing that slowed that guy down was he got tired, which you can sure. understand <laughs> his first Big Ten football Come game. Come on, George. Yeah. Work on that conditioning. So he's George the third, and I made the comment, it seemed like the other two Georges were out in the field with them at parts in the game because that kid was everywhere. Yeah, he's They were awesome. moving him around both sides of the line like they – that kid is a weapon. He's an animal. He's basically the Rondale Moore of their defense. He really is. And they're both young. So, um, but in the end, Purdue really did find a way to lose to, to Nevada. And that brought the big 10 to a four and one record. I wonder what their win percentage was at the highest point in that game. <laughs> it had to be 99 point. I don't know if it was that high. It I had, think the biggest lead they ever had high. was 14 or 17. It was 14 in the, in the yeah. fourth quarter, wasn't it? In, in the 80s, definitely in the 80s. Yeah. All right, moving on to Saturday. Nine total games. First up, we'll go ahead and start with the Ohio State Buckeyes 41, 45, FAU 21. The spread is 27 and a half, so they did not quite cover. The Buckeyes had 469 yards of total offense to FAU's 228. So the weirdest thing is... Uh, the Buckeyes had over 200 yards of total offense more than FAU. Yep. Started out the game 28 to nothing yeah. on a breakneck speed. Yep. But yet somehow in the end, there are Twitter people that are disappointed with how Ohio State looked. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how. Isn't this just the prototypical? We were we were curb stomping this this team so bad. We, they just lost interest at that point. I mean, this is what Penn happens. State scored 79. We should have scored 80. What's wrong? <laughs> well, I mean, there was some coming from Buckeye fans, but it was coming from outside Buckeye that's, world that's on Twitter, too. They, they pretty much looked as good as you could hope for them to look. The biggest thing, biggest takeaway for me is how just comfortable Justin Fields looked. I mean, so stat line 18 to 25. That is accurate. 234 yards, four touchdowns, yeah, no interceptions. And hey, let's just go ahead and add in 12 carries, right, for 61 yards and a touchdown for five total. Touchdowns. Okay, so I have to admit I yeah, was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Kurt predicted I set the over under at rush attempts at 5.5 because I'm, I'm like he's only going to run when he has to. Obviously, Ryan Day is going to use. I took the under. I took the. I was wrong. Uh, obviously, Ryan Day is going to use his legs this year. Right, right out of the gate, twelve times run the ball. Uh, the Quaff, I'm still a little the surprised. Just says screw it. If we're gonna win a national title, yeah. we're gonna have to do it with Justin Fields running the ball, throwing caution to the wind, and, and just and using all it. his weapons. A good way to try to assure that Justin Fields doesn't get injured is that when he runs the ball, there's just nobody around him for ten yards, which is yeah. what it looked like. My God, on some of the care. I mean, the first touchdown of the season. I mean, there was there wasn't an no. FAU defender within ten years, and we should also bring up a couple of those passes too were absolutely wide open, wide open. But then he was making good throws when when they there was tighter coverage. He so looked good. he looked damn good. And okay, do you think this is a possibility? All that talk about him in the off season, he's not looking that great. Was it a big ruse? I don't know. 
I, he, he looked amazing. Here's what I know. We've now we we do have game film on him. I, I watched parts of the game. Yeah, he looked good. He looked. He, he, he is a talented. Looking he's he's for real quarterback. Next up, Nebraska 35, South Alabama 21. This was a 36-point spread at the time of kickoff. The Cornhuskers, okay, now this is crazy, 276 yards of total offense. South Alabama with 314. Adrian Martinez stat line, 12 or 13 of Mm -hmm. 22, 178 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. Yeah carried the ball and this this might be the most the craziest one 13 carries for six yards yikes so this is really the opposite of what I kind of expected to see I, I thought maybe their defense would struggle a little bit I, I expected their defense to be better than last year I didn't expect them to struggle this much on offense so I well, we, kicked, know, we know their their line has worked to okay do. so I kicked around what to do with this game uh because it was an 11 o'clock game and I needed something to Focus on. Um, I took the under in this Did game. You? The the under was uh, it was up to sixty six. Okay. I I honestly did expect Nebraska's defense to look better, mm-hmm. and they certainly did. Definitely. Uh, nobody expects uh, fourteen points out of your your defense if you can get seven right. every now and then. That's great. They got twenty one points total from their defense and special, special teams, teams yeah. which outpaced their offense nobody saw that coming i mean i certainly didn't see that coming and one thing that we did call out on the eyes on big podcast that not only came to fruition but it's actually even in dire straits than i thought it was was the offensive line yeah it was it was bad it was bad and and we know that they have a lot of potential for playmakers but if you can't if you can't give them time to make plays then it, it doesn't really matter I, I like the way they're trying to use Wandale Robinson. They ba- they basically want their their own Rondale Moore. So they're giving him the ball in the rush game. Uh, they were throwing the ball to him, but not great numbers. They you just you need more help from the offensive line. Um, and then another thing on the offensive line, but Jurgens, their their center, was snapping the ball yeah. over Adrian Martinez. I mean that was part of the reason why there was negative rushing yards for Martinez. Yeah. He basically had to just jump on snaps. Right. Um, they so then they had to. To switch, there was a there's another Farniak on the line. Okay, so now we got two brothers Farniak on the O line, then we got two sets of brothers on the. It's yes, a, it's a family affair. It really up front is in, yeah. in Lincoln, but so that uh, I wouldn't say fixed the offensive line, but it 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 just cleaned it up a little bit. But yeah, when you snap it like that, it just ruins the timing of everything, right? Absolutely, the, yeah. and this is a timing offense. Yeah. So all of a sudden, isn't it crazy in in college football? All these things we talk about, X's and O's, when this guy does that, it all comes to a screeching halt over something as simple as just a snapping clean the snap. damn ball. Yeah. And and I would say to a certain degree, just the cleanness up front of of, of you know your your lines for your football yep. team. Um, nothing has really changed for me for what I think. I still think Nebraska is going to have an explosive offense, but there so. is pause for concern when you realize the the O line. And the general youngness yes. of the playmakers Definitely. around Adrian Martinez. We saw that. I yeah. mean, nobody had a great game here offensively. Uh, Dedrick Mills, nice addition, but 15 runs for 44 yards. Just not a whole lot of room for him. A couple touchdowns. Mo Washington, okay game. Just everyone was just, eh, okay. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to bring it up again, beat a dead horse, but it is tough to 
have a lot of receiving yards. It is tough to have a lot of rushing yards as a running back when the defensive line is knifing through as good as they right. were. And, and this is a South Alabama team that was 101st in, in yards allowed for rushing last year. Oof. Now, this is a different South Alabama team. We have yeah. no idea. This could wind right. up being the, the third best defense in their conference, but obviously there is a lot to clean up for the Cornhuskers. All right, moving on. I don't know. This might have been the most surprising score of the day to me. Okay. Maryland, 79. <laughs> Howard, zero. No line on this game because Howard is an FCS team. The Terps with 623 yards of total offense to Howard's 68. <laughs> they almost put up 10 times the amount of yards. Um, so really quick thing I just want to say. Um, Maryland scored 79 points, which is the was the jersey number. Yeah. For fallen teammate Jordan McNair. Something, you know, a lot of the uh, Maryland players tweeted out that, you know, gone but never forgotten. So I just thought that was something to bring up real quick. But, yeah, that is really cool. Um, we, we, mostly me, I'll, I'll say even more me, we have uh, questioned what the successfulness of what Maryland's going to look like this year. Yeah, there's it a lot of question only, marks. It is only week one, but I tell you what, I don't. 79 nothing against anybody is amazing. Yeah, and one rushing yard they gave up. Not quite Sparty-esque, but pretty damn close. What did you think of Josh Jackson, the quarterback? Well, good. I mean, yeah. uh, 15 to 24, 244 yard, 245 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. And on defense, yards. eight sacks. They had eight sacks. That's incredible. Awesome. So Nice work. Um it's, it is an FCS team. I think the general thought process is, well, let's see what they look like week two or whatever. And there is. I mean, their yeah, schedule sure. gets it's quite a bit tougher from here. But uh, the fact of the matter is the the native son, he, he, wanted, Locks, he way to wanted to get off to a good start. Yeah. And, he, and he got that. And Dante Demas, great game. But other than that, they kind of spread the wealth. They were running, passing. Everyone was getting in on the, on the party. All right. Brings us up to another I wouldn't say surprising, but definitely a score that pops off the page. Illinois, 42. The Zips, three. They almost zipped the Zips. They almost zipped them. Ah. Yeah. That's too too close. Illinois with 401 yards of total offense. The Zips with 192. Illinois favored by 17. This was a play for both of us. Yeah. They easily covered that. Yeah. I, I won I won in this game pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, the, the 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 biggest thing I liked about this game happened right when they blew the whistle. Just looking at Illinois, they actually look physically like a Big Ten team now. Okay, so you felt like you could you could see it. I could see it. I mean, their linebackers look like Big Ten linebackers. Their defensive linemen look like Big Ten defensive linemen. And when you when you're not getting physically pushed around, you can at least be in the game, right? And they have a Big Ten quarterback who can throw the ball downfield. There's another one. Like, he looks like a Big Ten quarterback. Does he not? So one thing that I wanted to save for the podcast is that <laughs> people in general, Twitter, of course, is the worst. But suddenly, just like that one game, well, you know, Illinois, I think, is <laughs> looking pretty good. Sure, I know. Did you get a sense of that yeah, on Twitter? It's, it's way overreaction. I but, mean, they're playing a bad acronym. But, but now all of a sudden we got Illinois believers everywhere. 
that you you couldn't you couldn't shake a bush anywhere sure. on the planet and find one literally just three days ago. Yeah. Now, right? Well, it, Twitter's a funny place. It is a funny place. But um, this is is a bad Akron team. Tom Arth, head coach, uh, in his first year, so he played at St. Ignatius in Cleveland. Okay, big powerhouse football program. I have a buddy that played there, so I texted him like, "Hey, do you know Tom Arth?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I I know Tom Arth. He was we were on the same team. He was a year younger than me. We were both quarterbacks." So crazy. Yeah, my buddy knows world. Tom Arth. There you go. Um, but long way to go here. Big rebuild for the Zips, uh, changing philosophy on offense and on defense. So I don't know how much you take from this win, but again, they looked like a real they here's like, what you okay. take from the win. You are supposed to pound accurate. That's you it. Did it. So yeah. somebody asked me, Oh, how did Illinois look? And I said they look the way a Big Ten team is supposed to look when Versus they play a team like that. Yeah. yeah. Um your boy Brandon Peters, 14 to 24, 163 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Hey, he rushed yeah. three times for 36 yards, got a touchdown. That's a 20 yard touchdown. Right. That, that he showed some speed on. Running. A more ball. athletic than what people I, probably I, thought he was. And that's kind of what I said in the preview is people aren't giving this guy enough credit for his athleticism. He's not a statue. Um, so he can run the ball a little bit. Mike Epstein. Yeah. Got carted off the field. Again, probably a season ender. Again. So four of his last five football seasons have ended, you know, you season think, ending injury. Do you think they will have an Epstein Dudek wing of yeah. a hospital somewhere where those yeah. guys are in remembrance? It's a shame. Yeah. Um, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, wh- how do we wind up on the total shots for third oh, and, right. se- third and okay. seven plus so for Brandon Peters? Brandon Peters had, had two Third and seven plus completion. Okay. So we have to take two shots. We're going to take two shots. Yeah. Okay. We'll fit that in. All right. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to be honest with you. But okay. We'll get there. Um, yeah. In the end, Illinois looked good. And my general feel for this is that something's going on with Brandon Peters. He's He obviously was talented enough to get a scholarship offer and playing time at Michigan. Yeah. Didn't work out. Yeah. There's philosophies behind that. Now it looks like the Illini have a pretty talented quarterback with a chip on his shoulder. Oh, absolutely. Something to keep, uh, keep looking out for. And I, I just want to mention one more player, Milo Eifler linebacker, number five. Oh Lord. What a game he had. Right. That guy's a man. All right. Next up, Indiana 34 ball state 24. I want to make sure I say that right. Uh, the Hoosiers were favored by 17, did not cover that spread. Um, the Hoosiers with 474 yards of total offense, pretty good. But Ball State, just short of 400 yards yeah. of total offense. What are we thinking here? Well, I'll just start by saying this is not how you want to look against a MAC team, right? They were the, You expect to dominate the line of scrimmage. They weren't doing that. They're- yeah, I, I would say – I think Ball State is going to be a step up from from Akron. Definitely. You know, as far as oh, yeah. comparison. Much better so team. You, it's not exactly apples to apples with that. Um, offensively, Indiana looked just fine. Yeah, Steve, I wanted to see him run the ball. I wanted him to run the ball more. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted him to run Stevie, it right down their Stevie's throat. Steve's struggled a little bit. But on the other side, Michael Penix. Good day, I would say. The, yeah. Two, uh, 24 for 40, 326 yard Touchdown and two picks. I yeah. get it. But – I'm just going to give him a little bit of leeway here. This is his first start. First, probably got a little bit of nerves trying to overread a little bit. You'll see that from a younger quarterback. But he had seven carries, 67 yeah. yards on the ground. I'm just saying 
almost 400 yards of total offense yep. in your first game starting. There's a lot of positives. Obviously, a lot of that. Uh, talented kid. I'm not sure I just like the play calling. And, you know, we expected with the new offensive coordinator. That's what we expect the big difference to be better play calling. I just thought they were throwing the ball too much. Well, were they throwing the ball too much out of design? Or were they throwing the ball, quote unquote, too much because they needed to throw the ball? Well, maybe they needed to throw the ball, which is discouraging, though. If yes. you're an IU fan. And I think also discouraging, not, not huge rushing numbers, so 100 yards rushing for, for Ball State, but I don't know, like that, that was the biggest point of emphasis for the Hoosiers on the offseason was improvements on defense. Yeah. We need to shut the running game down, and there, and there ba- was some success there. Well, the, there was times they were getting pushed around a little bit, I thought. Yep. Um, and this is a defense that returns almost everybody from last year. So you expect them to be bigger, better than last year. Uh, just kind of a blah performance by Indiana, I think. Correct. Yeah. And they weren't at home. They didn't get the home field push. Yeah. It's, it's in Indiana. I don't know why you played that in yeah, Indy. That is kind of weird to me. So yeah. that, that does play into it. I too, think so. Not having yeah. the home field. But in the end, Indiana starts out 1-0. and that's, uh, that's all you can ask for to a certain degree. Okay, next up, the Penn State... Nittany Lions, 79 points. Our second Big Ten team was 79 points. Yeah. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say two Big Ten teams have never scored 79 points in the same weekend before. I, I doubt it. <laughs> and they played the Idaho Vandals, uh, who scored seven whole points. So 79 to 7, there was no line on this game. <laughs> the Penn State Nittany Lions with a robust 673 yards of total offense to the Vandals, 145. Mm. So I can't believe they gave up 145. For real, it didn't feel. It didn't like seem that. like it. Um, we had joked on the last podcast would would the Vandals cross the 50 yard line four times? So you know. Oh, I said no. I said yeah. they wouldn't even cross it. Didn't okay. they? You know. All right. So <laughs> my insider, Mr. Perkins. Yeah. I went to him for the info. So organically mm-hmm. they only crossed the 50 yard line once. Okay. Meaning, meaning actually move the ball correct. from, from behind it in front of it. Okay. They, they were, they were technically past it twice because okay. of muff. There, there was some bad punting going on. There yeah. was a muffed punt yeah. that okay. led to the only touchdown. Otherwise okay. the Vandals would have gotten nowhere near sure. scoring in the game. And then they got the ball in like the 45 yard line twice, got like, 12 yards and then wound up punting. So I, I was <laughs> so, pretty close. You, you were very close. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, it, I expect Penn state to have one of the, if not the best defense in the country. Um, yeah. They showed that. <laughs> Definitely. He tore gross Matos. Oh Lord. <laughs> I mean, it was, he was unblockable. So I'm not even sure, you know, Kenny Willekes was like the national defensive player of, of the week. I'm not even sure he had the best, defensive performance of the Big Ten. As that might far been, as like as far as how physically dominating yeah. he looked to his opponent, it was gross mottos. I think so. I mean it looked like it looked like that senior playing against the sophomores in the scrimmage. Okay. They're just like, let's just let's just get Bill out of there. He's killing us. You know, like that's that's so what I was like. gonna say like this basically looks like a high school varsity when you scrimmage like the sophomore team. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it wasn't even fair. Thirty five first downs to five first downs <laughs> 673 yards to 145. I mean, they had seven sacks on defense. They So Penn State actually kicked three field goals in this game. Do you know what that means? They scored on 13 drives. They scored on 13 drives. I, I mean, I saw this coming. Um, I didn't see that many points coming. I will say this. I, I thought it would wind up being like a 42 to three. 
yeah. type of game. Like there's one drive where the Vandals get lucky and get you know and kick a field goal. Um, but the fact of the matter is when you, when you get physically dominated that bad on one side of the ball on defense, you just give your offense so much confidence and, and chances to step up right. and score. One thing I do want to say is, is, uh, Sean Clifford yeah, looks great, go there. uh, really good at the zone read. I think he Very makes good. excellent reads and, and he looked like, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but he looked McSorley-esque, didn't he? He did, and this was something that the confident side of the Penn State fan base have been trying to tell the world. Uh, quick on the stat line, 14-23, 280 yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks, seven carries for 57 yards. Yeah. That, that part of the offense is open to Ricky Ronnie. And yep. on the other side of it, freshman running back Devin Ford, 107 yards yeah. and a touchdown. Looked good. Most of it came off of one play yeah. where he just showed amazing bursts. But trust me, Penn State's got more guys. But, Lord, they they may have the best stable running backs in the Big Ten. They might. It's in the team picture. Yeah. Um, and then just enough. The, the ball was just spread around to all their right. receivers. Nobody yeah. jumped off the page, but everybody got involved. Right. So Penn State was supposed to look good. They look good. All right, next up, the Michigan Wolverines, 40. Middle Tennessee State, 21. This was a 33-and-a-half-point spread, so um, Michigan didn't even come close to covering that. 453 yards of offense for the Wolverines, and they vaunted offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis's first yeah. game playing, calling plays. Right, Something first game said about ever, that. right? Yeah, calling plays. Uh. The Blue Raiders had 301 yards of total offense. What's what's your take? This is kind of my my uh, upper echelon Big Ten equivalent of the Indiana game. It just wasn't what you you expected them to kind of just dominate. Yes, and now, it didn't. I mean, they Middle they Tennessee were always State, in control. And I would say this: Middle Tennessee State, out of all the teams we're talking about, you know, Ball State, Akron, sure. probably even FAU. This is the best team out of all of them. They looked pretty good, and I really like that quarterback. He's yes. pretty feisty, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that surprised me: how much Dylan McCaffrey played. He did. I I did not believe. And you know, khaki pants when he said he was maybe played two quarterbacks this year. I kind of laughed it off. So when you and you, when you bring this up, I actually saw Michigan fans bagging on Michigan fans on this. Really? When McCaffrey came in, the crowd cheered. Okay, that's fine. Everybody, everybody does that. Everybody yeah. cheers for when the backup quarterback. Everyone loves comes the backup in. quarterback, right? But then Shea Patterson came back out, and they booed. did they really? I didn't, they, I didn't there hear was that. Rumbling and mumblings in the yikes. In the, See, that's you can't do that's that. That's totally uncalled for, especially when Shea Patterson goes seventeen for yeah. twenty nine, two hundred and three yards, uh, four touchdowns, zero picks. I mean, he had a couple of turnovers, right? Co- yeah, a couple of fumbles. I think run out two fumbles. fumbles, but. Uh, also, running freshman running back Zach Chabonet. I love to say that name. Yeah. Ninety yards. He looked good yep. on the ground. Christian See, Turner. To me, okay. everything on the offense looked like it was supposed to look. By and large, I mean they put forty yeah, points four, up on the board. Four hundred fifty-three yards, but the defense two sacks, two sacks on the on the night for the defense. I so what we had talked about on the Michigan breakdown is that you don't just replace Devin Bush. No, and I, Chase Winovich. That's a heart and soul of the team. And uh, 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 Rashawn Gary. I'm mostly going off of, to me, those two. Okay. Devin Bush was the guy that turned uh, what would be a two-yard gain into a two-yard loss. Yeah. Because that's how athletic. I'm just saying this is going to be a good Michigan defense. Don't get me wrong, but. They may just need a little time. And I th- But I don't think 
they quite have the ponies to get up to the level that last year's defense well, was. There, there was times last year when level. Michigan's deep. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's setting the bar pretty high. Okay. But so with that being said, Moore's going to be probably looked upon the offense. I didn't think it looked like, like we were just looking at a completely different style of offense. It's not like, no, Michigan. it didn't look that much. Different. Didn't look revolutionary because no. you, you got Shea Patterson running the offense last year to this year. It you're you're going to use both his legs and his arm. Yeah. This is what they did in this game. The biggest so. difference I saw is Dylan McCaffrey played. And he looked good. Yeah, he looked he, pretty good. He looked athletic. All right. Next up, Iowa 38, Miami of Ohio 14. This was a 21-and-a-half-point line, so Iowa did cover. Iowa with 465 yards of total offense to the Red Hawks, 245. What's your takes? This is pretty much exactly what we called – on the the preview, I right? called I called thirty one to seven. Did you for the score? So tack on one more touchdown to each team. Otherwise, pretty much down. Yeah, it. they so the the Hawkeyes just kind of meandered through the first half, and then second half they wore them down and kind of ran away with it. But yeah, it's just not I, an overwhelming performance. Just but that's what we expected. Yeah, so it was it was ten to seven at halftime. Um, you didn't feel too stressed, but yet you wanted to yeah. see more. I'm I'm guessing the Iowa coaches felt the same way because right at the beginning of the second half, the offense, it got more aggressive. That's all there so is to it. The one thing I would take from this game, if you're a Hawkeye fan, is I liked the playmakers. I thought they all kind of showed up, right? You have the the two Smith brothers. Uh, they, they got this transfer from Michigan who was granted immediate eligibility. What a gift from the NCAA gods. That, and it scores a touchdown, so you like seeing that. Uh, just, you know, that's kind of what you're hoping for as a Hawkeye fan is seeing these playmakers that you've been hearing about all offseason. All these guys are going to have a breakout year. They all look pretty good. McKay um, Sargent, another one. Yeah. So um, the general thought process going into the, the year is, you know, how is Iowa going to replace the tight ends that are gone? Yeah. And I kind of just kept on saying you don't replace two tight ends no. like that. That's impossible. Um, what you we had uh, what Iowa fans had heard through the tea leaves is these receivers are looking good. Mm -hmm. The receivers are looking good and you don't believe it until you see it on the field. Again, I know it's only week one, but I know this much. This is the better receiving core than Iowa is used to. And it's, that's, it's I, much I, better. I, than last I, year. I honestly can't remember the last time Iowa had this many good receivers. Um, Oliver Martin is the the transfer that you talked about. The gift about. from the NCAA gods. He looked good. He looked great. <laughs> He's smooth. First yeah. catch as a Hawkeye. Singled him up in the corner of the end zone. He bodied up his receiver, caught it. That was right in front of me. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, th th the fact of the matter is they were in more, typically 11 personnel, long story short, mm -hmm. three wide receiver sets. Okay. Yeah. Um. I've tried to allude to this, uh, asking questions on Twitter, and I never felt like I've, I've gotten it answered. What, the, what I've been trying to pull out there or throw out there is if you take a tight end out and you take a fullback out uh -huh. and you replace it with a wide receiver yeah. and you pull somebody out of the out of the box and yeah. you don't have as many people to block, will it open up lanes? Well, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, That's what we saw. There was multiple seven- to eight-yard uh, carries for the running backs in this game. They had three running backs uh, mm -hmm. run the ball. They all looked pretty good. Makai Sargent had a great day. Um, 156 yards of total offense. He was he was involved in both the running game and the passing game. 
Um, I, th- I thought Nate Stanley looked good. Yeah, he looked uh, 21 really of 30, 252 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And here's the crazy thing. He had 20 car- he had twenty yards rushing in the game. Is that his career high? No, but I mean, they did a zone read. He kept it. Yeah. He got upfield. There was a, there, <laughs> it is something that Iowa fans have been clamoring for for a long time. Sure. Like, Nate, if your first and second read are covered. Just take, just tuck go, it and run. Go, yeah, go take it's the positive okay. yards. He did it. Yeah. He did it three or four times. So He's learning. It was good to see. The defense looked like the defense. Yeah. Um, I want to give a special shout out. To defensive end Amani Jones. Yeah. He okay. got the only sack in the game for Iowa. Now, is um, this the one that's the converted linebacker? Correct. Yeah, okay. And most people would have entered the transfer portal one or two times because he's been sure. beat out a couple different times. <laughs> right. He has stuck around. I'm being serious. This is no, it, I, it is cool I'm with to you. me. Now got switched to a rush defensive end. He's 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 everybody loves him on the team. He got the sure. one sack. And then the other well, thing he got he was the guy that got the sack. He's the huh? one who got okay. the sack, yeah. yeah. Uh, and part of the reason that there was only one sack in the game is because Miami of Ohio, who I'm I'm going to pay attention to. I want to see what they look like okay. moving forward. Um, Blaine Gabbert's younger brother. Yeah, I noticed that. Dude was dealing the yeah. ball. He was getting balls into tight spots where that's it. That was the only place that ball could go to get completed. And he did it over and over again. Yeah. True freshman. That kid. Oh, looked, he's a true freshman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That kid looked looked good and to it, me. Am I right? Manny Rugamba is yeah. on Miami now? Yeah. And he was their best player on defense, yeah. man. There was no doubt about it. Took a team picture with his ex-teammates oh, cool. after, That's so awesome. that was pretty cool. All right. So that gets us to what was labeled as the Big Ten Oof. game of the week. Northwestern 7, Stanford uh, 17. So... We didn't. This was a tough game. We we knew this was going to be. A well, tough you know game. Stanford's going to be good. You know traveling out to the left coast is going to be tough. You know that Northwestern never plays well early in the season, so we didn't necessarily expect to see the Northwestern team we saw last year that won the Big Ten West. But mercy, this was ugly. Let me, but let me try to at Please least for try. me start out <clears throat> with a positive because <clears throat> I rewatched the game. These. Okay, whenever there is a high-scoring game, whoa, look at the points. Oh, my gosh, yeah, but those offenses are amazing. Yep. And and to me, I just can't help but think, was anybody trying to tackle right. in that game? In this game, there were guys trying to tackle. Point I'm trying to there make. There were guys missing tackles, too. Well, okay, Th- these were these are two good defenses, is they, what I'm trying yeah, to say. It, the, they were, yeah. Now, now, we'll get to the other s- side of it. There, there was general lack of playmakers for both offenses and it it sh- it showed out. I mean, I think defense had something to do with this, but I don't think it had everything to do with it. The Northwestern offense just looks totally in disarray. They can't do anything right. The the they couldn't total, do it in, the in this total game. for both quarterbacks in the game cuz both TJ Green and Hunter Johnson played 12 of 27, 117 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. And the most alarming thing to me is just how Awful Hunter Johnson looked. Not bad, awful. Okay. This was my notes that I made that I made to myself. I thought Hunter Jam- Johnson looked really talented. Absolutely. Through horrible footballs to that like you the can see fo- that the him moving around, the fluidity. Yeah. The ball coming. He looks out, like a great athlete. Dude, he looks like a stud. How can you be that bad if you're that good? Because you have no confidence that your receivers are getting open? Maybe. 
because they don't have there's nobody to take the top off of this defense. There's they like, don't get Skronik a lot of separation. He's a good wide receiver. Skronik's good, but he can't be your guy. No, you need you need another guy to help make Brett Skronik look like the receiver you want him to look. Bowser just did not look like well. Hold a on, running I, back that had the. I thought he looked a lot shiftier than last year. Okay, he's trimmed up. He looked quicker to me. Okay, I thought I I was looking. I'm thinking, okay, that's a pretty solid. So we got a little bit different takes on this game, I guess. But, but then he got injured. So T.J. Well, Green gets injured. Yes. Isaiah Bowser I, gets they injured. Think T.J. Green is he might out be out right definitely. Yeah, yeah. This was a tough this is the trip worst out to the West Coast. You couldn't have it couldn't have gone worse, right? I think if I am a uh, Purdue fans as lowly as they feel, they just need to clean stuff up. Yeah. And you feel like you got things that you can do with Northwestern. And we know. Look, look, at, look at this, by the way. I know. I know. We're getting sucked into the vortex. It's, it's got it's because, ha- you know, Fitzy is flying back to Evans. And he's like, I got you shitheads right where I need you. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so, speaking of. There's a point in this game. I'm like, they're Northwesterning again. Here we go. Because they were playing like crap. They had no business being in the game. They get a gift fumble. Then they get another gift fumble. And they block a field goal. And I'm like, well, here it goes. They're going to win this freaking game. Yeah. But they didn't. And, you know, but you know what happened? The only thing that Hunter Johnson could not let happen on that last play was to fumble the ball into the end zone and let them recover. And that's exactly what they did to cover. To, I lost my cover on that freaking play, so they got me even so, when they lost. So we're gonna go over. Uh, we're gonna go over just a couple bad beats. That's that, literally that, were, the only that, thing. that was that there. There was three bad beats that stuck out in my head. That that was one of them right there. And all the Northwestern guy had to do was fall on it, and he couldn't fall on it. Yep. I, I, I like. My yep. wife. That's where that's where conspiracy theories. My come wife from. didn't know I had a hundred bucks in the game, but I said. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I'm screaming. She's like, oh, is this bad? I'm like, well, yeah, it's good and bad. <laughs> All right, so that gets us through the slate of games to continue the theme that we're on right now. Um, another one that to point out was, so so the Iowa State-UNI game, mm-hmm. which was a barn burner Total in barn and burner, of itself. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State was lucky to pull that game out. Yep. Here's the crazy one in, the, in that game. So that, that was an FCS opponent. Uh, we don't use FCS lines, but you can get you can get yeah, sure. lines. Um, so the over under oh, in no. that game was forty five points. Okay, it was thirteen to ten in the fourth quarter. Oh gosh! So Iowa State kicks the field goal to put it into overtime. Yeah, and then three overtimes later, that wound up going over oh, because gosh, <laughs> three overtimes and this for somebody that had the under in that game that was. So amazingly locked up, like deep into the third quarter. That's that's incredible. So to all the youngsters out there, don't bet. The other this one, is why you don't bet. The other one that I was involved with that, honestly, I just wound up find, finding comical was just last night with the uh, with our our treat of a Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who played last night? Oklahoma and uh, <laughs> Oklahoma Houston. And Houston. That was an. 80 point over under. Ooh, that's a lot of points. So if somebody that took the the under, they were feeling pretty good about this game. We uh-huh. were sitting at about 35 points midway through the early part of the third quarter. Uh-huh. 
And then just an offensive explosion happened after the, the game was never in doubt. Oklahoma sure. was doing everything they wanted. Jalen Hurts looked like amazing. A, a, he looked like the third consecutive Heisman winner he is what he looked like. like. Anyways, long story short, people were counting their money in the under in that game. Mm-hmm. It was at 80. It hit 80. Oh. It was a push with a touchdown with less than two minutes to go in the game that meant absolutely nothing. That was incredible. Okay, so that gets us through the game. So we're going to go ahead, and we want to give a shout-out to Saturday Tradition and yeah. Dustin Schutte. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is uh, go over Saturday Traditions. That We're just going to switch it up. We're going to use their yeah. rankings. They do a good job of getting them out right after the games. So we're going to go ahead and start there. Yeah, so these are Dustin Schutte's official Week 2 Big Ten Power Rankings going into Week 2, that is. At dead last... His own Purdue Boilermakers. He's going to get a lot of backlash over that one. Yeah. I wonder how many people that know that even know that he's a not Purdue many. guy. Not Probably many. not. Uh, 13, the Rutgers. Scarlet Knights. Way to go, Rutgers. Not Got climbed out of the basement there. 12, ooh, Minnesota Golden Gophers. What do you think about 12 there? Um, We're... Love these rankings, and I think Dustin loves construction fe- constructive feedback. So oh, he loves it. He does. So he enjoys. I think we got a couple overreactions here. I don't know if I'd put Purdue all the way at the bottom just yet. Um, I don't. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if Minnesota deserves and, to be third. And I'm to not last. sure that he's just going. I don't think he's just saying straight. I think this is he's the worst going a team. A lot but, off of what Week One looked. Yeah, like. Just yeah, just what did Week One look yeah. like? So the Gopher is definitely late. But an he, he lists them as power rankings, so. It, you know, he, he does. It, it, it's yeah. And he had him six last week. Right. That's a huge drop. Um, Eleven Northwestern. They probably earned that one. Yeah. At ten is Indiana. Yeah. Yep. They probably earned that. Nine Nebraska. Yeah. I think that's if about right. If you start right. comparing to the other teams, yeah. And he had them at nine last week too, okay, so, so they, they didn't move at all. That. At eight Maryland, maybe a little yeah. overreaction there. Keep, keep going because I think. At seven, Illinois also, okay. so, I think, a little overreaction. He had yeah. him at 11 last week, um, moved up to seven. So I, I would probably move those two teams. I would probably put a put a box around those two teams, move them down, move, move a couple teams Maybe Nebraska up. up. But they both teams, especially Illinois, they deserve to be moved up from where they typically have been. Yes, for sure. And, yeah. you know, they earned it. Yeah, they got the big win. Yeah, at so so this is weird. Seven is Illinois, six Michigan State. Yeah, that there's obviously a big disparity between those two teams, but Michigan yeah, they State didn't look could, great. But defense, but alone defense gets woo-hoo. them into the top half of the mercy. League. At five is Iowa, four Michigan. Yeah, yeah, no, feeling I pretty agree. good about yep. those. Yep. Okay. Yep. At three, Ohio State. Yeah, that's a little low. And I now, think that's a little low. Yeah. At two. Penn State. Yeah. Uh, here's then, what I would do. I would uh-huh. I would flip-flop Wisconsin and Ohio State. So Wisconsin's at one, obviously. Yeah. I think I would probably do the same. I would put Ohio State one, Wisconsin three. I don't think you can get them that much credit. Um, Penn State, my God. They, yeah. They, I mean, I mean they personally, only... I would have Penn State one, Ohio State two, Wisconsin three. See, I can't put Penn State one because of who they played. Yep, that's definitely a big part of it. I mean, but for, I picked Penn State to win the Big you, Ten. You did. So that's, that's just how I personally see it. I, I so. think I like Ohio State beating up on Florida Atlantic, who has their, their FBS team, and they've got a lot of talent and baby kids. And again, go back to they were up 28 to nothing. Yeah. And cruising Instantly. and doing every, anything they wanted. Absolutely. And then they took the foot off the gas. So yes, FAU is definitely better than the Vandals. Yeah. So shout out to Dustin Shooty and Saturday yep. Tradition. Good list there. 
All right. And that wraps up week one. And just like that, week one is in the books. Blink your eyes, everybody. It's going to be it's going to be fast. Halloween weekend before you know it. This this is where we get into the. There's some kind of weird machine that just speeds up time. And, and my wife got in it. hasn't started bitching yet, but she will. And I'm just going to say it'll be over before you know it. Yeah, for us, that's yeah. for sure. But uh, I felt it was a fun, good weekend. It was first fun. Weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm already looking forward to. Weekend number two. And by the way, I'm wearing a Illinois shirt. I haven't taken this off in two days. I slept <laughs> in it last night, and I woke up this morning. I'm like, I'm just leaving it on. I don't care. You do what you got to do, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening to Eyes on Big Podcast. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.